because, you know, CrossFit by and large, you know, type A fire breathers, you know, are, are attracted to this style of training. But when you get to the, the fundamental truth of it all, if you want a good workout, doing it with proper technique when a week ago you didn't is just as hard as doing it prescribed and sloppy as shit. So welcome to the next episode of Hardwater Radio, guys. This is Jason Archer. I'm joined today by Michael Anders. Some of you guys know Michael from the Valley, the owner down across at PHX, a fantastic strength coach, and also co-host of the fantastic podcast, Feed Me, Fuel Me. And uh, today I talked him into driving an hour out of his way <laughs> to come up here and sit in the studio with me and uh, share some wisdom. So welcome up, brother. Dude, I appreciate you, man. This is a, a very pleasant surprise. It's always interesting to find out whose radar you're actually on, man. 100%, man. You know, we've... Uh, run in similar circles for years now um I, the first time i met you uh shit i wasn't out of the marine corps more than six months oh really yeah yeah i didn't uh, realize that at, at urban and yeah. then uh you know uh through the work that you did with um uh spartan fit yeah and then, Yep, and uh, you know you guys got a lot of a lot of good things going on at uh, North Phoenix. So yeah, you and Billy used to come up and knock those uh, competitions out every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Once upon a time. Man. Once upon a yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> Saw you standing on a few podiums, brother. When I thought I was still in my prime. When you thought you still. <laughs> <laughs> come on now, you're still a young man. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh, exciting news, right? You got a book dropping today, dude. Inner Circle is up for pre-sale as of today. The official launch will be uh, Friday the first. Friday the first yeah, that's yeah, fantastic yeah that's so, fantastic uh, um it's available on amazon it's a uh, uh a labor of love that i'm extremely proud of um it's i man it just hit me today it's it's three years in the making three I mean, years yeah uh it's it's based in the reoccurring themes that we've come across in the feed me fuel me podcast about mm-hmm. being successful happy and fulfilled mm-hmm. and uh um you know i was like man I was, I was just telling you before we, before we got on the mic, um, there's over, uh, we, we put an evaluation on the, the information that comes through in that show over the last 130 episodes, almost three years. And, uh, there's, there's roughly a quarter million dollars worth of information that you, that we would, that we evaluated in coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so inner circle is, uh, my attempt to condense that information to the uh, 11 or 12 most common reoccurring themes that make these massive movers and shakers, thought leaders, uh, who they are and facilitate their happiness, their fulfillment, their success, um, and uh, show, show how those principles have been applied and manifested in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, man. I mean, what you guys are doing with the podcast and you specifically with the book, um, I think it behooves a lot of gym owners to pay attention here <laughs> because uh, as we were talking before the podcast, um, you know, I'm learning more about you as we go along. Yeah. But uh, we started talking a little bit about assets. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of gym owners don't understand the value of a true asset, especially when it comes to like membership. Mm-hmm. Um, but building that podcast out, you yeah. monetizing that now, you've created a new asset there. Mm-hmm. And all this is doing is creating freedom in your life, man. Maybe right. you could talk a little bit about how you stumbled upon this idea. Sure. Oh, man. So when I was like a lot of us gym owners, um, when I opened CrossFit PHX, I knew everything there was to know about fitness. You know, my entire professional education, I got a bachelor's in health and human performance, a master's in fitness and conditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know how to write programs and count reps. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that the, the stuff that occurs on the floor, the stuff that the, the member experience of it all, like, dialed in got it uh but i knew nothing about business you know like i knew how to make money you know i didn't know anything about business though and um so after doing it the hard way for the first two or three years i finally um started asking some questions um and really um consciously soliciting mentorship and coaching um and really paying attention to who was doing it well. Um, the CrossFit New England's, the Invictus of the world. Um, and uh, so really investing in the, the, the education of what happens 
behind the scenes. Like I did the hard stuff, you know what I mean? The, the late nights, coaching all the classes, building a staff, um, creating a culture, like that, that stuff came pretty innately for me. I knew nothing about profit and loss. I knew nothing about, um, uh, uh, for example, uh, I paid for all my equipment in cash as opposed to financing it to increase my cash flow. I didn't, I didn't know anything about that, you know? And, uh, you know, I would, when people ask me, would I do it again? I absolutely would. I just would have done it a whole lot different. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't regret opening the gym, but holy man, I could have, I could have been where we're at in year seven in year two. Just with some of the stuff you picked up recently. Little shit, you know, in 2017, we were rated the number one CrossFit box in America. That's amazing. You know, by Men's Fitness Magazine. Amazing. You know, that wasn't on my radar, you know, and, uh, it was on somebody's radar. Right. (laughs) You know, um, so it was, uh, um, a lot of, uh, you know, I like to tell people I'm, I'm educated in business through the school of hard knocks, you know, but, uh, as I've, I've, you know, really created awesome friendships and even developed a mastermind out of the, uh, with some of the other entrepreneurs in the gym, uh, you know, it seems like it's, it's a rite of passage, but it doesn't have to be, Mm. you know, like everybody has to go through the process of figuring it out whether it's with the, the safety net of an, an education, like an MBA or doing it the way that I did it and just persevering as you learn those lessons, you know, but the other thing that I noticed from, you know, not just, uh, other successful box owners, but just people in other, um, other areas of business, they have, they've built out multiple streams of income. They've created assets, like you were saying. Um, you know, they, they've taken the time to either build a podcast or uh, write the books, you know, things that allow them to take a foothold as a subject matter expert in their space or just at the very least be seen as an authority in their space, you know. And like I said, the, the podcast, the book, took three years, mm-hmm. you know, but here we are today. It's launched. It's awesome. The gym is crushing. Um, and, uh, oh, by the way, I've got a wife and two kids at home. <laughs> and, you know, uh, everything is going well, man. I'm I'm blessed and I am gracious to have opportunities like this. The, the freedom of movement to get up here and do this, uh, have this conversation with you, um, despite all the other things that I have going on. So if you manage your time properly, you can, you can do it all, but you know, you have to, uh, prioritize accordingly. Yeah. It sounds like you really took a lot of time to invest in the systems that you wanted to create around mm-hmm. like your staffing, for example, your gym. I mean, cause otherwise, like you said, you'd be married to that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, this is something that we're, we're jumping into with CrossFit North Phoenix. We got it to the point where it's profitable. Mm-hmm. And now amongst the partners, it's like, how do we multiply that out? Well, we right. need to leverage ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we always knew we would have to get to that point. Right. Um, but, uh, unless and until you do, it's like you said, you're like, you're, you're the guy doing all the coaching. You're the mm-hmm. guy doing, handling all the complaints. You're the right. guy doing all the sales mm-hmm. and that's not sustainable. No, not at all. So when you first started going down that path, was it natural for you to start thinking in terms of systems or was that something that, you know, you had to sit down and actually learn yeah. or be taught? No, I'm a, I'm an abstract guy. You know, the, uh, the, I went, even when I was, uh, active duty in the Marine Corps, I relied heavily on my Marines, um, in terms of system implementation. Mm. Um, uh, I've always been a, the big picture vision guy, you know, and as far as what, I called success in the very beginning. As long as we were moving forward, we were good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and becoming detailed in terms of what's going on in my business is definitely a learned behavior. For sure. For yeah. sure. So is that something that you feel like the military sort of uh, brought out in you? It was already there, but you sort of got, it was solidified by that experience because everything in the military is systemized. Yeah, but the system is for you. Like okay. the, the system, you're plugged into the system, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> In terms of entrepreneurship, like we're all out here just making <laughs> shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
uh, there's in the Marine Corps, there's only one way to do things. There's it, it's the Marine Corps way. Sure. You know what I'm saying? There's no freedom in that. Your, your left and right lateral limits, as we say, are clearly defined. Whereas in the game of entrepreneurship, you have to create those boundaries mm. and within those boundaries, therein lies the system. Um, so there's, that's where my creative brain loves being an entrepreneur, but the, the nitty gritty of building a system like that is not my forte whatsoever. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a skill set that I had to develop. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then once you develop that, I'm assuming you basically disseminated it out across your culture mm -hmm. and now you, here you are, you don't have to be there and the gym's running itself. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. fantastic, man. So, so talk to me a little bit about your philosophy. I know you guys do things a little bit differently across the PHX. Sure. You were saying before we talked, uh, before we jumped on the mic, mm. You know, your impetus for getting into the gym game yeah. at the, in the first place was you felt like there was a better way. Mm -hmm. So what does that better way look like to you? Well, it lies in our core values. Um, like I was telling you before, uh, there's, there's, you have to get above the noise, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that was kind of my big thing. You know, I wasn't trying to be, uh, to recreate the next West Side Barbell or be, um, uh, an influencer in fitness in the the way that Ben Bergeron has been or uh, CJ over at Invictus or uh, Louie at Westside. I wasn't trying to influence the game that way. I just wanted to have immediate control over uh, the culture and results that I'm directly responsible for. And I got tired of, as a personal trainer, um, seeing mediocrity around me and then the perspective of or the perception uh from joe schmo gym member they look at me and this other cat and they're like oh they're the same and i i just i got really really tired of it um so when i say there was a better way that's what i'm talking about and then as i as my business acumen has improved increased um there's i've also noticed there's a better way to do business you know, so above and beyond separating myself as a fitness professional, <clears throat> now I'm super, really, really interested in separating myself as an entrepreneur and business person. Um, so, uh, so I started CrossFit PHX uh, with the notion that I was going to uh, not only uh, create the best member experience possible, but I was also going to create an environment where I was able to uh, create some of the best coaches out there. You know, if you go through our apprenticeship program, whether I hire you or not, you could go somewhere else. And our name, CrossFit PHX, is held in such esteem that you don't have to go through another apprenticeship process. Mm -hmm. you're, um, uh, you're validated already, you know? So yeah. that, that's what I wanted to create. And that's a credit to the work that you put in over the years. I, th I think a lot of times people go into the CrossFit gym model business, if you will, mm -hmm. as hobbyists. Sure. You know, I can't tell you how many people told me that, you know, hey, you know, I'm just going to build this space and people are going to come to it. I'm like, no, this ain't field of dreams. That's not how it works. <laughs> you need to understand business and you mm -hmm. need to understand marketing. You need to understand the value of your customer and retention and what that looks like. Right. But I think so many people think that because they love it, that everyone else is going to love it too. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about separation, what are some specific things that you've done at PHX to sort of you know, make sure that people understand clearly when they walk through your door, Hey man, we're not Joe Schmo CrossFit mm -hmm. down the street. Well, so my first filter is our price point. Mm. Uh, I already told you, uh, before we got on the show, if you look at the, the model that the majority of boxes subscribe to, uh, across the board, it's a race to the bottom, right? A new box pops up, they undercut everybody else, you know, within five miles and then everybody else, I mean, you watch it. I mean, as these gyms are closing their doors left and right, not right now, um, you know, there's like this very systematic reactionary lowering of prices, right? So that's number one. So if you're serious about CrossFit and you're, and you're serious about doing it with us, the price won't be the issue. However, if the price is your first barrier, that's cool. No big deal. Mm -hmm. I don't, we don't want to train everybody. That's never been my model. <clears throat> 
So that's number one. And then number two, uh, and probably more importantly from the member experience standpoint, all of my coaches go through a six to nine month, um, up to 12 months in some cases, apprenticeship process where in the beginning they're to be seen, not heard. Um, ex, you know, they get the, the member experience from the inside out. They take the classes and then, um, and, and learn structure and flow and all those things. And then, uh, they are, they stand on the sidelines, you know, in myself or one of my, uh, one of my active coaches hip pocket and their job is to be as annoying as possible asking questions. Why did we program this week? Why are we in this phase? Um, why did you cue person a to do clean this way? And, but it's okay for person B to, to have that early pull, you know, and really address the different, the nuances between what the book says, what's taught in the L1, and then what this person needs specifically based on their body type, injury history, do's, don'ts, can'ts, won'ts, all that good stuff. Uh, and then after that, then we put the training wheels on. Okay, now you can run the warm up. Cool. All right. Now you're gonna take the the first half of class. Awesome. Now you're teaching an entire class, supervised. All right. Cool, man. At that point, you're, you either can or you can't, you know, but the very first thing and the reason we do it in that order is you got to pass the people test. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if you've been to the games. I don't care if you've been to regionals, you know, every year uh, since they started, <clears throat> none of that stuff. Your, uh, your personal credentials don't matter to me because if, if there's anything that the Marine Corps taught me, I just, you know, told you about where my education is. I was an air traffic control officer in the Marine Corps. That's a 12-month school that we come out of with an FAA rating. So I could go down to Sky Harbor. I'm credentialed, right? I could learn that airfield and start telling airplanes where to go. Sure. For civilians, that's a 12-month school. For Marines, we do that same curriculum in four. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So if the system is in place, you can teach anybody to do the job and do it well. So... You know, having that in the back of my head, what's at that point, what's the differentiator? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's got to be something more than the willingness to learn because it doesn't matter how much, you know, if people don't respond to your coaching, you're dead in the water. 100%. So you got to pass the people test first. Yeah, that's super, super important, man. I can't tell you uh, how frustrating it is to go into a gym with a coach that has zero personality, doesn't really give a shit. You know, just going through the motions, extremely frustrating. And I think, uh, I think uh, from what I've seen, you know, um, to hear you talk about your process of taking coaches from A to Z, man, I can't imagine there's a lot of gyms who are willing to put forth that effort. It's like, a pain in the ass. I can't imagine a lot of people <laughs> fall out of the bottom of that. Like, how many people do you start at the top, and then by the time it's, it, you know, it, it mm-hmm. gets to the end of that process, have they just said, you know, screw this, I'm out? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, uh, I, I love the, I love, um, uh, the homegrownness opportunity that it, it facilitates, mm-hmm. you know, members turn coaches. There's gotta be a process for that though. Um, and when, uh, you know, we've had a handful of members asked to go through our process and I'm, I'm all about it. And then they get a glimpse of what my expectation of good coaching is mm-hmm. versus their perception of good coaching because they've just been on the receiving end of it for so long. It's just, it's easy, you know, when they realize that it's not how much like stuff you're paying attention to the whole time, you know, it, they, it makes it very easy for them to under, you know, to make a decision that it's not for them, mm-hmm. you know, in the entire time in the seven years that CrossFit PHX has been open, I've fired one person. <laughs> Everybody else just leaves. Well, you've That's got, the pro- you've got mm-hmm. enough rigor there, right? Mm-hmm. They sift and sort themselves. Correct. Right, by yep. going through the system, which is, I mm-hmm. think is a beautiful design. Yeah, I mean, my members now know at this point, at this stage of the game, that anybody standing in front of them is going to deliver. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, now it's an expectation on the members. Right. So in, in, in the off chance that somebody mails it in and delivers a shitty class, I know about it, right? There's this, this, uh, pass through of communication where they just bypass everybody else between, you know, 
I mean, I've, I've got, I've still have such a presence in the gym that I'm accessible that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting for some email. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I know what needs to be fixed and I can prioritize the fixing, you know, based on the feedback, the direct feedback I get from that. So you're person. keeping the important stuff personal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't farm that out. Yeah. 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 Cause you're like, I mean, I think the, I think it's important to realize that culture is top down, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a situation and it's a room that you've set up and you've built yeah. and people are, you're welcoming, you're welcoming <clears throat> them in so long as they meet X, Y, Z criteria, right. but you're not going to endanger your culture. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. what may. Mm-hmm. So how did you develop that mindset? Like, uh, you know, you said that when you went into business, right, you had to develop an acumen. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people think about that and they think, oh, shit, this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to build this culture mm-hmm. and I'm going to make people adhere to it. And then people say, screw you, I'm out the door. And then right. they see their revenue drop and then they mm-hmm. cave. Yeah. Did you have to experience that? At all? <coughs> no, so I didn't. <clears throat> We've grown year over year, thankfully. Thank God. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. But I, um, uh, with regards to uh, the, I've been of building something great. I've been coached my whole life, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, playing football through high school, running track in high school, playing football in college, uh, my Marine Corps experience. I've been mentored or coached my entire life. And, uh, why for that small instance, I thought that would be different in business. I had no idea. I have no idea. I thought I had it all figured out and, re- and very, realized very quickly that I didn't. Um, and uh, so I invest a lot of money in coaching and it's, it's painful both for my ego and my wallet, but the, the return on investment has been the success and massive growth of the gym and afforded me the opportunities to, create feed me fuel me with Jeff to write inner circle. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you can't do all that if your head's in the weeds and you're sitting there trying to figure it out. And the only, but what in reality you're the one standing in your own way. Yeah, that's so true. I think, um, I think sometimes people think that development, once you get to a certain level of awareness, it's almost like a one and done. It's like, well, I did that class. Okay. Yeah. But you're not doing anything with it. Like, what, what are you executing on because you took that class? What's different? You know, a behavior is, is learned when you can demonstrate that it's different, not that you can demonstrate that you have a certificate. Mm-hmm. And I think people get lost in that. So I was doing the math the other day because we have a program coming up that we're going to run in Sedona. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going to include in the sales letter, you know, how much I've spent on personal development. And it was uh, six figures. Mm-hmm. It's been in personal development in the last, you know, five or six years. Sure. Right? And uh, when I when I looked at that, I realized, you know, I want to spend more time with people who are willing and able, you know, or at least open to the concept that, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And that prompted me to want to be the dumbest guy in the room, you know. Absolutely. So when you walked in, it was funny because you started looking at my books, my comics, and Mm -hmm. we immediately started conversations around like these concepts that we've been studying. But hey, you had a different take on a couple of things just right off the bat. And I immediately was drawn to that Mm -hmm. because my journey's not over. Right. It's never going to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly looking for that next thing. And it sounds like you're on that same wavelength yeah. with what you want to create with your business. Sure. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> the gym was never supposed to be the home run. Mm. The The gym for me above and beyond taking gr- direct control of what was going on in my field was to be the place I never wanted to leave. Mm. You know, like I feel about CrossFit PHX the way uh, cheers is revered. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a second home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I could literally hang out there all day long, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't get old, you know? Cause when people come through those doors, I spend, you know, a lot of time outside of coaching fitness, solving the problems of the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and for me, there's a lot of personal gratification in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I find a lot of satisfaction in just being an ear, you know, now I'm at a position in my life where I've got enough life behind me that I can provide, um, good mentorship, you know? And so like, that's, that's my, my give, you know, like I, I've lived many lives up to this point and, uh, I have a lot of, 
I have a lot to offer in terms of wisdom and lighting the path for people that are kind of in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I take great joy in that part of the job, um, <clears throat> which I think when you look at all the other projects I'm working on, that's it's very much in line with that. So the gym was never supposed to be the home run. It was just, you know, CrossFit PHX's home base, the foundation for everything else that I'm building on top of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you're, uh, when you're looking at your path at this point, right. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing this development, this idea, this culture that you've created and it's starting to become recognizable now, right. You've mm-hmm. won some accolades and you're branching out and you're doing other things. I'm just wondering if there was a point in your life where you saw, where was there a switch or were you, were you always this way where you realized that it was not necessarily about fitness it was not necessarily about the physical piece, but there was this elemental sort of mental spiritual piece that had to come along with that. My dad has had me, uh, he's passed 12 years now, mm. um, has had me on this personal growth and development thing since I was like seven or eight years old. Man. No way. Yeah. He had me gre- reading, um, you know, instead of like ABCs and one, two, threes, man, he was dropping Socrates and Plato in my lap. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, way above my pay Talk grade. Talk about an advantage. Yeah. I had, you know, I had no idea what I was reading, but I was being exposed to um, philosophy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The ways of the world. And then my, my upbringing as a military brat, both my parents were in the Air Force. And uh, just seeing the world um, early. Uh, just let me, you know, gave me this, this broader perspective on, you know, the, the way of the world. Um, and, uh, as, as I got out of college, um, you know, I've, uh, I played for, uh, uh, Fisher DeBerry, who's, uh, in the NCAA, he's a NCAA Hall of Fame coach. Right. Um, at the Air Force Academy, um, the uh, the traditions of being a Marine, um, you know the and then just all the the coaching that I've had in my my professional life. Um, yeah, so I guess I've I've always been this way, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I was just very fortunate enough to to find value in. Uh, the people that I have done it before me and I've been fortunate enough to forego my ego Mm -hmm. to ask the questions, look dumb, you know, and, uh, uh, just kind of be at, be at the mercy of these mentors wisdom, you know, that's so important, man. So important. I think, uh, the ego piece people misconstrue sometimes because you think mm. a lot of times people with big egos have this bombastic sort of attitude. They're sure. out there. It's all about yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But I think the flip side of that is the scary side. It's sure. like I have this thing I want to create, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't have enough wherewithal within me to bring it out. Like sure. I don't I have this fear. What's yeah. going to happen if I put it out there? Mm-hmm. That's ego, too. Oh, 100 percent. I have a story about that. Tell so it. I have a, um, I have a client of mine. She's one of the greatest women I've ever met and um, she's getting ready to do this workout and she's trying to figure out how, how to scale it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think something that often gets missed in coaching, especially nowadays with this, uh, this very protective mentality that we have um, this, this coddling of people is, you know, allowing people the opportunity to fail and this this comes full circle in that um, she she scales above her pay grade, and she ends up uh, tweaking her back, right? And uh, she's like, oh, I just I don't know what happened. You know, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, you let your ego get in the way. And she received that comment as I called her an asshole. You know, and when uh, we got to our next session, I was like, I really want to make something clear as to what I meant by you let your ego get in the way. Anytime you have to finish, anytime you say the sentence, I knew I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyway. That's your ego driving the train. 
you know, sometimes, and, you know, in football, you know, we call plays like that being, you know, you're either going to be the asshole or the hero, you no know, middle ground there, there's there, you're either going to miss or you're going to save the play. That's it. You know, there, there is no in between, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's one of those common programs, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's probably thinking, I don't want to look bad or mm-hmm. how other people are perceiving I should me. be able to, but yeah. I can't, right? That's, that's not a true statement in right. the here and now. That's not your specific reality mm-hmm. to say that you should be able to do something, but you can't. And you look at previous behavior or all the circumstances leading up, leading up to that statement they 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 nullify it like it's it's not a true statement right you know you can't do it because you can't like that's and that's as big as it should get everything above and beyond that is is just ego talking yeah you're just not there yet yeah yeah so why feel pressure Mm -hmm. from the community it's fine yeah you know like just be where you're at Mm -hmm. you know do you find it's hard to coach people through that um I, i don't find if you're how do I answer that question? Um, <laughs> Everyone at PHS, it's, stop it's, listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really just person to person dependent, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's challenging to uh, take somebody with any little bit of training history mm-hmm. prior to PHX. They're the most difficult ones to train because you spend a lot of time uh, working them through a a regression to facilitate progression. Mm. We have to break all their bad habits and reteach proper mechanics, proper movement, all that proper position. um, So that, and oftentimes that, that that's at the expense of, you know, how good they thought they were at one point, you know, um, it took me, uh, when I got into CrossFit, um, we did a lot of power movements in college as far as like pulling and cleans and snatches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm all traps, right? My hips have never touched the bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to relearn all that. And, you know, my my PRs came crashing down, mm-hmm. you know, and it took me a, a couple of years to reestablish them with proper mechanics. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like explaining to somebody that we're here to play the long game. I want you to be able to CrossFit forever, you know, but we can't do that if we don't fix the things that need to be fixed. What percentage of the population that come through your door, would you say have that sort of mature training mentality? Like they're, they're really willing to put in the work. It seems to me like, yeah, it seems like people come to the door um, and they immediately want to do, you know, butterfly Mm pull-ups. It's like, can you do a regular pull-up? Right. Right. Um, no, the people that come in with that kind of maturity are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. The people that walk in and say, um, hey, I'm okay scaling, you know, like I don't have to bring that out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those are our unicorns. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're a very rare breed, you know, um, but not so much to the point where they don't care about the leaderboard. They just want, they're just here for them. You know what I mean? And they're, they'll have their rabbits in, in cla- from one class to the next, but they're going to chase that rabbit at their level. Right. That's, that's, that's a very uh, rare personality dynamic 100%. I've come to find. Because, you know, CrossFit by and large, is, you know, type A fire breathers, you know, are, are attracted to this style of training. But when you get to the, 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 fundamental truth of it all you know if you want to do if you want a good workout you know doing it with proper technique when you know a week ago you didn't is just as hard as doing it prescribed and sloppy as shit that's a that's a that's a great point and distinction that you raised there's a lot of nuance there and i'm wondering if you can speak to what a good workout looks like oh sure you know, in the CrossFit world, a good workout is quote unquote flat on your back, out of breath. And I think this gets taken to the extreme. What, yeah. have, what have you seen? Yeah. So, in, you know, in my personal and professional opinion, a, a good workout is uh, there's there's indicators. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I uh, I took five minutes longer, but 
I did all the reps uh, as prescribed. Um, uh, I uh, I did three rounds less, but I did unbroken double unders. Um, you know, I uh, these so I'm just trying to go through all the some of the statements that I that I hear on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, I got. I got faster, but not because of effort, but because my transitions were tighter, mm. you know, like they're starting to recognize when they start to recognize the, the nuances of training and where energy conservation really is and, um, start, um, prioritizing, uh, proper movement over, um, uh, exertion, mm-hmm. right. Forcing position, stuff like that. Um, that's when it really starts to click, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really funny, man, because, you know, with YouTube and Google and stuff like that, there's stuff that I preach, my coaches preach every single day, and it happens daily. Oh, I went and watched this video, and they said the exact same thing that you told me. And, and like, I'm, you know, I just sit there with a straight face. Like, why do I want to choke you right now? <laughs> you know? And, uh, but I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, at, at some point you create such a, a relationship with, um, your people that, you know, sometimes the, the same message just needs a different messenger. Mm-hmm. And I watch, I watch this happen in the industry all the time. Uh, you know, people that sit in my seat get really fucking butthurt about it. Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, again, the, the ego takes over and it's, instead of being happy for, um, your, your member, your client, your athlete for making the progress, you start beating yourself up or you start looking at other people as if they're the enemy because they got them to do something you've been trying to get them to do, mm. you know, and one session that you've been trying to accomplish in, you know, weeks or months or whatever, you know, so and that, like that, that's, that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> like you got it. Now we, you and I can move on. Right. 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 Hurdle eclipse. Let's fucking go, <laughs> you know, but no, I'm going to sit here and, you know, cry in my beer. Cause somebody said something, said it better than I did. Or you, you know, finally decided to, you are ready to receive this information the proper way. Yeah, that, you know? that's so that's so true. It's just again coming back to making up stories about a situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's not that they didn't hear you. Maybe they just physically weren't ready. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it had nothing to do with you. Maybe they were just having a bad day. Right. But to have that—that's uh, funny that you mentioned. I didn't even think about it on that level of competition <laughs> between coaches. But, sure. but you took it there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, like I—I'll be out. I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you, right? This is, this is like the, the perfect scenario. This, like this is the opportune time where I would get a text or a video from, uh, one of my, my one-on-one clients, you know, who I've been working through muscle ups or handstand pushups or, or whatever, wherever they're at on the progression spectrum, right. you know, and they send me a video cause they took an extra five minutes and worked with somebody else. And they're like, I finally got it. And I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I'm like, you know, that's, that's my, my split second ego trip. And then I'm like, congratulations. I'm so pumped for you. Now we can move on to something, you know, to, to something better. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And who's to say that those sessions they had with you didn't lead that. You oh, know? what I mean, exactly. It's, it's all part of it. You know? Right. Like <laughs> this is, this is the moment it just decided to show up. Yeah. You know, that's also very real for sure. You know, that might not have anything to do with another coach that might not have anything to do with me. That might not have anything to do with her. It just like, or them, you know, just shows up, you know, hundred percent. And just, you know, once, uh, once you wash over that initial trigger, it's mm-hmm. like time to be happy. Yeah. You know, Let's celebrate, like, it, baby. it's so pumped, man. You know, like that's progress is progress. And it, you know, regardless of how it shows up, like it should be appreciated. And that's why they're there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since you mentioned the philosophers, uh, at the top, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's jump into your philosophy a little bit. Mm. Um, I know you have a lot of opinions on this. I listened to a few of, uh, of your podcast as you expounded on this, but, uh, when it comes to fitness, I'm curious how you delineate or how you combine the two ideas of the physical Mm -hmm. versus the mindset. When it comes to that physical performance Mm -hmm. in your mind, how do those two things interplay? Oh man. Uh, they're interwoven, 
you know, at a, at a certain level, you know, you really got to start developing, um, both. You can't, uh, uh, if you're trying to bring something greater out of yourself, you know, there's not enough physical training in the world that's going to really get you there. And, uh, on the other side, you can go to all the seminars you want, but if you're not, you know, if you're not taking action and implementing that new knowledge, you know, it's just, uh, it's just words, you know? Uh, so when it comes to, you know, my training philosophy, there's, there's so much with regards to, uh, my expectations of, uh, my, my members, my athletes, and where progress truly lies. And it's not just in PRs, mm. you know, I look at effort. I look at, um, their, their mental state. Um, I look at their appreciation for progress. Um, uh, you know, did you execute the one cue that I gave you? Not did you make the lift, not were you successful in the movement or the workout in its entirety. Did you fix the one thing? Hmm. If the answer is yes, that's a fucking win, man. Like don't don't get lost in the the noise that is weight and time and reps and rounds. Like that that's just icing on the cake, you know. Did you do better? period, Mm. you know, like there, there's, there's something to be said for that. That's substantiated progress. You know, you, you earned that, you know, that's not something that I had to scale out of you, you know? Right. And, um, one of the things that, uh, I learned in college, you know, I played high school in high school. I played defensive end, had my hand on the ground every single play. When I got to college, I got moved to strong safety right? Those two worlds could not be any different. And, uh, I was blessed to have a really patient position coach in Ryan Seekins and coach and, uh, and coach Miller, Tom Miller. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, they both sat me down one day, uh, two different times. I had really just tough practices in terms of, uh, learning a, a, a technique and uh, they're like, dude, like you're, you're, you're too big picture. You want to do everything right. Just fix one thing. Like when you walk out of the film room, pick one thing. And if you get that right in this entire practice, that's a win for the day. Cause guess what? We're out here every single day. Like I said, you know, going back to what I said earlier, we're playing the long game. You don't have to fix everything right now. And that's where a lot of people find get dissatisfied with CrossFit in particular because there's so much to learn and there's so much to quote unquote be good at and improve on that <clears throat> if you if you look at it from that that aggregate standpoint, like you feel like you make no progress all the time, you know. But if you can improve that one thing, you look at the workout on the board and you say, I'm going to I'm just gonna go unbroken on the barbell today. Or, um, I'm not going to rest as long, you know, everybody has that countdown in their head, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's a very real metric. Uh, like that's, that's a win. If you accomplish that you're winning, Mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's where, and that creates sustainability and that facilitates the long game. So in terms of my training philosophy, you know, outside of like facts and numbers, figures, and just principles, like that's, that's where the the physical and the mental really come together. That's beautiful. I love the way you stated that because you made it very nuanced. You went down into the minutia of how someone could possibly perceive an improvement. And you're saying, Hey, acknowledge yourself for that improvement. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do that as a coach, that's the one that keeps them coming back. It's not necessarily, okay, well, I, I performed the lift perfectly or I got the weight that I wanted to get, but I feel better about myself. And, And that in and of itself I think lends itself to this concept of wellness, which we haven't really dove, dove, mm-hmm. dived, dove, what's the word? I don't know, dived <laughs> into. But um, that mindset piece, I think, is really what people um, struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason that so many people end up leaving is because that, that, 
they they find no reason or they can't see a way in which that they're proving, mm-hmm. you know, and because of that, it's like, well, why bother? You know, right. why am I here? I'm just wasting my money. I mm-hmm. still can't deadlift 400 pounds. Right. I suck. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Right. But what you're saying is, no, don't look at that. Look at all the ways you've improved along the path, along the journey. Right. Yeah. It's about the journey, man. It's not about the result. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when I took my comps for grad school, you know, like that, that was a monumental moment for me. Like I had built that thing up into Mount Everest, you know, <clears throat> and I walked in there with all the confidence in the world. I put that pen, put that pen down, turned in uh, my essays. I walked out in the hallway, no credits rolled, no music played. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like life goes on. So it can't be about the result. Right. It can't. Like if you, if you're hedging your bets on, um, in terms of fulfillment on the result, you know, like I just launched a book today, you know what I'm saying? I still got to get up tomorrow. You know, I still got to change my kids diapers. I still, you know, like none of that's life doesn't stop. Right. So if you're hedging your bets on these quote unquote milestones in life, and that's where you're looking, that's where you're seeking fulfillment and gratification you'll always be let down. You know, and I, and I speak to that in the book because the things that are required to accomplish these deeds, these tasks, these moments to, to, to make progress, like that's the, the, the skills that you have to accumulate, the knowledge you have to attain, that stuff is with you forever to take to whatever's after the goal, right? So that's the real prize, it's not the goal itself. Yeah, it's about who you become. Right. It's about becoming, expanding, continuing mm-hmm. that process of learning and growing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear you talk about that. I, I wish I heard more business owners specifically, but especially in the CrossFit world where we're dealing, or the fitness world where we're dealing so one-on-one with people on a regular basis, man. Mm-hmm. It's such an opportunity to have a massive impact on what people experience on a daily life. Yeah. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for bringing it, that forward, brother. You know, like... Now I get to say it, but you know, you don't get to become the number one CrossFit box in America by focusing on being the number one CrossFit box in America. I just want to be the number one CrossFit box to my members. That's it. That's it. You know, like that, all who enter this door will be taken care of. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the message, you know, and our, our core values are culture, coaching, and process Mm -hmm. and nowhere in any of our stuff is emphasis placed on results Mm -hmm. because it can't be about that if you're looking to create sustainability yeah that achievement is always temporary Mm -hmm. because there's always another level that's right yeah this is beautiful man i loved hearing you talking about Uh, that it's it's wild man and like it's 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 a tough pill to swallow because and a lot of people just kind of brush off the the anti-climatism of it all, you know, they're just like, okay, what's next? You know, what, what else can I hang my hat on? What, what can I pound my chest to, you know? And they, they forget, mm. you know, like the journey. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when you tell stories, you know, you don't tell like uh, uh, stories of success. It's not about the success itself. Right. That's mm. a very short story. Right. Right. But the process of achieving that success, that's what makes that story worth telling. And that's what people see, though. Right. Like people (laughs) see the success. Mm -hmm. Right. People see the end result. Yeah. But they don't see the late nights and the early mornings. And, you know, in your case, the dealing with family and business and all of it and how it how it has to come together and fall into place. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, what do I tie my identity to? Right. Right. Am I am I who I act like each day? Mm-hmm. Am I who I behave like each day? Right. Or am I the guy that scored touchdowns in high school? Mm-hmm. You know, that one time, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> the guy that did Fran in under three minutes that right. one time. Uh huh. Right. Like right. which one of those is more valuable? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the question that only you can answer for you. Yeah. But only one of those keeps you going forward. Right. Right. There's really only one answer if you're an expansion mindset. Right. That's right. like, it's who, who am I becoming? For sure. That's what I'm about, right? Right. It was cool because uh, 
when I was doing research on you and your partner and the podcast and mm-hmm. Feed Me and Fuel Me, um, you guys have some pillars that you talk about. Yeah. And uh, again, I was surprised coming from the <laughs> fitness world. One of the yeah. words that you mentioned was uh, manifestation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what manifestation means to you. I yeah, think it, so, so manifestation is, very, is a really funny thing, and you don't realize that you're doing it most often until it's already happened. It's kind of like a deja vu moment, you know. And then, you know, you get caught in a conversation like we're having now where you kind of have to recount the journey and you're like, holy shit, like <laughs> I, I made that happen. And, uh, probably the, the, the clearest anecdote I can give you about manifestation is, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, uh, I worked midnight to noon, uh, running, uh, intelligent surveillance and reconnaissance with UAVs mm-hmm. and, uh, on this particular shift, um, we had a two hour flight time to get to the unit that we were supporting that day. And, uh, so while the birds in transit, um, I'm studying for my CSCS and my, uh, commanding officer walks in to, to check on, you know, Colonel Barranco, if you're, if you're listening to this, (laughs) you changed my life. And, um, we sat, you know, just checking on me, seeing how I'm doing, you know, as a good leader should. And, um, he sees the, the textbook that I've got annotated, highlighted and, you know, earmarked and everything. And he's like, what are you studying for? I was like, Oh, I really want this, this certification, you know, like this is the, the, the end all be all of, of strength and conditioning. Like this is the test that people run from in, in personal training. Like, and I, I really want to knock it out of the park. And, um, at that point, uh, I already, I had already done a bodybuilding competition, uh, in the Marine Corps. I had redesigned and implemented a strength and conditioning, uh, program at Gila Ridge high school in Yuma. And I had committed to coming back for another season and doing another show when we got back from Afghanistan. So I'm, I'm walking him through all this stuff and uh, he's like, <clears throat> you know, don't take this the wrong way, but, oh, so his, his question immediately after that was, uh, I was coming up on the end of my contract. He's like, are, do you think you're going to stay in for another tour or are you going to pull chocks and go do something else out in the civilian world? I was like, uh, you know, I don't really know yet, but I think that, uh, you know, if, uh, the assignment's right and, um, I'll, I'll stay in and he's like, don't take this the wrong way because um, I don't mean it uh, in a bad way at all. Uh, you would serve the Marine Corps better after the Marine Corps than uh, if you stayed in. Wow. And um, I didn't really know how to take it at the time. I didn't take it positively. I didn't really take it negatively. Um but uh, I can't tell you now, seven years post-active duty, uh, how many Marines reach out to me um, talking exit strategy or um, complimenting me on how good it is to see a veteran making moves. Um, or, you know, at the same time, how many Marine people have, how many people have become Marines because of my influence. Um, <clears throat> so what do you take that to mean today, looking back on it? Uh, it, was, it was probably the, the best um, uh, comment, you know, in terms of steering the ship uh, I could have ever had. You know, there, were, there was nothing, there was no plan of action. There were no steps to be taken. It was just a very you know, as I reflect on it, very matter of fact, but very intentional comment. And, um, going back to the manifestation thing without that conversation, I probably don't get out and start the gym. Right. Um, I, I still have it. I have a, a, a piece of legal paper, right. I drew a big square on it and I, uh, uh, diagram my my fitness facility 
you know, and then I this shelled. was at that time. This is in Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah. This is about the same time. I can't remember. So which, the seed I, had been planted. Yeah, I can't remember which one came first, the okay. diagram or the conversation, but, <clears throat> uh, I shelved it. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I stuffed it in the, uh, my breast pocket in a, in a uniform somewhere and, uh, kind of forgot about it. And then, you know, years later, you know, I'm, uh, I did three years in the reserves afterwards. I'm putting all that stuff away. I'm, I'm, I'm done, uh, with my service to uncle Sam and I'm digging through all the pockets and I find this schematic, you know, of like a box. I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is 2010. You know what I mean? Here we are in 2015, you know, at the time I was like, fuck, wow. I did it. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, the seed had been planted and I didn't even know it. You know, there's a piece of the, there's a piece in the book in inner circle where I talk about the journey starts before you realize that you're on the journey. Right. And it comes from all the influences conscious or subconscious that you experience prior to like deciding to stand in your light. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's what manifestation is. I love it, man. I love that story. I've got a similar story I'll share with you uh, <laughs> at a different time. <laughs> But man, that's fantastic. It's powerful. Um, so inside the book, yeah, you mentioned it. What are we gonna What are we gonna learn about Michael Anders and his philosophy? Oh man, so <laughs> you're gonna learn. Uh, you're gonna You're gonna get a piece of all the lives I've lived. Um, you know, I you know every every chapter has an anecdote about my life from uh, getting kicked out of school. Um, uh, my dad dying in that transition, uh, opening the gym, um, almost uh, imploding the podcast. Um, imploding the podcast? Why would you do that? Oh, man. So uh, it, you got to read the book to find out. I will. <laughs> I will. Um, you know, uh, and you're uh, so, you know, some of the principles that I, I, I speak on are uh, defining your legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciating your your impact and influence, um, recognizing that asking for help is not a weakness, um, paying attention to the signs, um, and really understanding uh, that there uh, there are indicators as to whether you should be on this path or you should get off, um, and those indicators are left to your own perception. You know, mentorship is huge, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know the it's it's all about the journey, man. You know, like I, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, it's it's it. The results are cool, you know. the The accolades being the number one box in America is awesome. Uh, you know, creating a, a podcast that's three years running is dope. You know, having a business that made it past three years is awesome. But that that can't be what it's about, because you still got to get up and do the deal. Hundred percent every day, every day. You know what I'm saying, I do my, I do, I do, I do. So before I ask my last question, I know sure. I got to let you get out of here. Yeah. Um, tell these guys where they can find you online. Tell these guys oh, yeah. where they can pick up your books. Yeah. Because you got more than one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, a lot of people don't know that this Inner Circle is actually my second book. I wrote uh, the manifestation. So you of, didn't know I knew that <laughs> of affirmation. I'm actually repurposing that to become the um, synergistic workbook alongside Inner Circle. Um, but I wrote the an- manifestation of affirmation sheerly as a challenge to myself to see if I enjoyed the writing process. And through that process, I realized I didn't know shit about publishing a book. Right. So there's the acknowledgement of lack of knowledge. Um, so I got a coach for that. Mm. Right. <clears throat> Now we have inner circle. There you go. Right. Um, but uh, so you can find me uh, on Instagram at Coach Durs, Coach D E R Z. Uh, you can follow my my fitness community, uh, CrossFit PHX at CrossFit PHX, um, and you can follow the the podcast at Feed Me Fuel Me, um, and then uh, yeah, CrossFitPHX.com is a resource. You've got FeedMeFuelMe.com as a resource. Um, and then you can just find me by my name on Facebook. Very cool, man. So last question for you is simply this. What does success look like for you in your life and business? 
Oh man, so I'm I'm a I'm actually gonna steal this one from <laughs> from Coach Bergner because that this is this is where I'm at in life now. Uh, are my kids happy? Mm. Yeah, I don't want to be the absentee entrepreneur father. Mm. Um, that that's not in the cards for me. Um, I want to have a a presence in my kid's life, and um, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, success to me will be. Um, you know, years down the road when they're off on their own, are they happy, fulfilled and successful in whatever they choose to do? That'll let me know that I've done my job as a father. So powerful, brother. So powerful. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it, man. This has been great. Yeah, man. We'll have to do it again. So until then, guys, uh, this is Jason Archer on behalf of Michael Anders. Be sure and check him out. Be sure and pick up the book, Inner Circle, released today. Yep, it's on Amazon. Amazon Amazon it up. Go spend some money, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, my friend.